0: Smith is on it. Smith with the right foot, and Smith with the shot and a score. Welcome, welcome into this episode of Diaspora United. It is I, Courtney Smith, not your normal host, but one of the co-hosts. With me and my co-host extraordinaire, the man of several middle names, Mr. Andre Carlisle. Andre, how you doing?
1: No, nope, there's there's only one. Only one. As <laughs> much like as 17. y'all try. <laughs> we have a whole name for him. As seven. much as y'all try. I have one legal, one government nickname. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk uh, in this episode because there's a lot to talk about. We're doing a two-episode week, y'all. We had to do it. I know.
0: It's, I was like, it's a special week. There's a lot to talk about. I was like, the last time we were talking about the US Women's National Team losing to Mexico 2-0. Why would you, uh, and then,
1: you, right why, why would you do that so early? Because I'm
0: segueing in because a short two days later, there was even more <laughs> CONCACAF chaos. It's true. With, with the, uh, the ending of the CONCACAF W Gold Cup group stage,
1: where we saw so much chaos, Andre. Were you prepared for any of this chaos? You know, it's funny, I think like you what you pay attention to enough soccer tournaments, you know, around the world as well, isn't it? Everybody, you know, there's always a journalist or somebody that'll post the most chaotic scenario, and you're like, ooh, that's exciting, but it never actually happens. But this time it actually happened, <laughs> and it's just peak conca and I'm here for it.
0: It was Pete Um, But before we dive into all that, uh, we're gonna do what we always do on this podcast and read a review. This review is from Woso Podhead, um, and its title is <laughs> "Live, Laugh, Learn," <laughs> with an emoticon heart. The OGs know that used to make a heart yeah. from what a, a lesser than. I think that was a lesser than sign and a three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it looks like a little heart. Um, so this, so yes, this review is from a Woso Podhead called Live, Laugh, Learn with a Heart. Uh, it starts, call me Trinity Rodman Bobblehead because I be head nodding to this podcast all day long. I live, I laugh, I love, but most importantly, I learn. I don't know. That felt right. Andre and Courtney are truly beacons of knowledge and humor. They offer a much needed perspective. In the women's game and consistently. Thanks for all you do. Here's a dad joke f- as my thanks. Uh, Andre, what's Forrest Gump's password? One Forrest One. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is that. I have heard that dad joke. But it's yeah, have so hilarious. I haven't heard that one. I, yeah, I have heard that one. Uh, Andre, I know so many dad jokes. I just I <laughs> have so many just in the back of my head. Um, but it's even funnier recently because my parents and I watched Forrest Gump. It was just on the TV, and I was like, I haven't seen this movie in ages, <laughs> and it is uh, still extremely hilarious. Um, but thank you, So Podhead. That honestly, this entire review gave us a good laugh because. The Trini Robin bobblehead is funny. The (laughs) I live, I laugh, I love, but most importantly, I learn. And then in parentheses, I don't know if that felt right. (laughs) It's it's very good. Uh, So thank you for that review. We always really appreciate it. Um, And if you haven't yet, leave us a review. Please rate us five stars, share with a friend, and then in the review, give Andre a middle name. Also leave a dad joke. But you can also give Andre a middle name. Um, or tell me somewhere I should go on vacation because I still haven't decided. But I need to go somewhere <laughs> hot and I want to bake in the sun for a long, as long as physically possible. I want to come back a fully different shade.
1: Um, you going to be on your uh, Alex Rodriguez? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I was like, he was very quick to deny it. He was very quick to deny it. He was like, he, I don't know what y'all talked
1: about. He was too quick because I'm like, Sir. I'm going to just say right now, it ain't like we haven't seen you play in the summer months and understand what a tan looks like. That ain't no tan. What was that?
0: Bro, you went from the 300s of Fenty to the 400s of Fenty. <laughs> or, the, or sorry, the 200s to the 300s. You went a full different
1: shade range, my guy. Yo, I, hey, listen. I don't know what he did, but it was funny. And I was like, wow, that that's crispy. It looks crispy.
0: <laughs> Someone said, I got a light skin, friend. <laughs> Looks like Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> <laughs> got a dark skin friend. <laughs> Looks like Alex Rodriguez. This very funny. It was a good time, um, very good time. But yes, please leave us reviews. They uh, bring us a lot of joy to read, and particularly when I can force Andre into either reading a dad joke or giving him a middle name. Um, but on the show today, there's we're still in an international break, Andre, and a lot has happened. Obviously, the W Gold Cup chaos has happened, but also. We now know the two teams joining France in the Olympics from UEFA. Um, And then some NWSL kits dropped. And I know we have a lot of feelings um, about that kit drop. And then after that, we'll finish up this pod with Heated and Hyped. So very excited. A lot to talk about today on a two-pod week. Um, But Andre, let's dive right into the W Gold Cup draw. So, for those who don't know, going into this this final match day of the W Gold Cup, there were still uh I want to say what two really one, but like technically two spots left open. On the final day, we uh Royal Canada had already qualified and on the final day for them. It was just deciding if they got the number 1 spot, which they did with a 3-0 win over Costa Rica. Um and that's important to know because if they'd beaten Costa Rica 4-0, then we would have not had the maximum chaos scenario. But they only beat Costa Rica 3-0, which means heading into the final match of the W Gold Cup group stage between Paraguay and El Salvador. There was a scenario. Well, actually, really, after that 3-0, there was, it really created the scenario of after the Paraguay versus El Salvador match, there would be a draw. <laughs> specifically called Drawing of the Lots between Costa Rica and Puerto Rico of who would get the final spot in the quarterfinals if Paraguay won. Or um, it would really determine the seeding of 7th and 8th in the quarterfinals between Puerto Rico and Costa Rica. But going into this match, there was a lot of chaos. Paraguay went up 1-0 off of a contentious handball. To me, that was not a handball, but unfortunately a penalty that I've seen given. So I saw it and I was like... They're gonna give that as pen. So El Salvador goes down one nil. Halftime happens, but then in the second half they come roaring back two unanswered goals to go up two to one off of a penalty, uh, that to me was rightly a penalty, because I was like, Why you um choke holding gal in the box? Uh, from a Paraguay player to an El Salvador player. And then Fuentes Yo. had an absolute Banger! Filthy. I was like, first of all, I was like, away, uh your goalkeeper, you should be embarrassed of getting beat by your near post at like where that was. And that's nothing to take away from the strike, but I was like, you were right there. How'd you get? Like, how'd you get beat on your near post? Um, so for a while, we were all living in that meme, you know, and it's like um, I think it was it's tweeted all the time, but of that like utopia, like a uh, chromatic metallic utopia look of the world. And that's what we're all living in when El Salvador was currently beating Paraguay 2-1 to one because that meant Paraguay actually would not make it to the quarterfinals. Um, and that meant Puerto, both Puerto Rico and Costa Rica would make it in. But then they came roaring back with two unanswered goals. I want to say in about five to seven minutes, there were two very quick goals in succession. One a, one a penalty that was 100% a penalty, um, and then one... For that completed, I believe her name was Martinez's hat trick. So Paraguay won the game 3-2. to But basically, since Canada did not beat Costa Rica 4-0, that meant we were going to get a draw. <laughs> so the draw that happened, um, think about the Champions League on the men's or the women's side. Or even a World Cup draw, where... Normally, you think of it as a lot of pomp and circumstance, and people are talking. All of a sudden, there are all these balls and bowl and like glass bowls, and they like swirl them around and then take the ball out of, you know, choose a ball and open it up, read the paper, and show what's on it. Um, that's what I had envisioned when they said drawing of the lots because it was that's how it was. Um, instead, it did not feel like that
1: at all. <laughs> <It did laughs> um, not. And instead of hold on a second, because like. I, there were so many, like, I saw a coin toss thrown around. I saw a drawing of the lots. I saw, I didn't know what to expect. I thought we were maybe actually going to get a coin toss. And so I was, like, thinking of, like, funny memes I could drop. I uh, had the the, the the Pulp Fiction briefcase and being like, here's the coin. It's like this magic glowing coin in the briefcase. But, like, it was none of that. I was And drawing lots, that would have been interesting, too. But it was just, like, just uh, pieces of paper inside of a clear ball.
0: <laughs> like, and, like cheap clear balls. Like they were like, (laughs) we needed to come up with this so quickly. Um and so the draw happened.
1: Who ran to Michaels?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Who ran to Michael? Who ran to the closest Michaels (laughs) from the Houston Houston Dash Stadium? Who went as close as they physically can and also had some pieces of printer paper that they wrote the names on. Um but it felt deeply anticlimactic because you had these two balls. I wish they put four in, and they had like two for Costa Rica, two for Puerto Rico, yeah, give us just some so drama. there was like some drama, like maybe a bit more noise. Because like literally, it's put their hand <laughs> in, went She's around, trying to mix around, <laughs> like mix around. It's like what's what's going to happen? You should have mixed it both ways. It's a little something, um, and. <laughs> so they went they took the ball out of course it's also like the longest strip of paper so open the ball they start and then they start unraveling the piece of paper and i was like while the unraveling was happening i was just deflated i was just slowly deflating i was like this is taking forever um and in the end costa rica got through basically by the luck of the hat um i did not ended up not liking this i felt they should have just had they fundamentally should have just had like more tiebreakers Yes. Like, only five. I was like, if you're not going to at least seven tiebreakers and the seventh one is, like, most number of corner kicks you've taken. (laughs) Like, I just don't think that ending a group stage like this is, it's, like, not, I don't want to say it's not good for the game. But, like, really kind of, it just, like, doesn't leave, like, a great taste in your mouth. Like, even if, and I would feel this way even if, like, Puerto Rico got through. Because it's, like, that sucks for Costa Rica. Like, they did. They did all the things they thought they needed to do. Also, what are the chances of you being tied on five? Yeah. <laughs> like, five score... Uh, or on five tiebreakers, for those who don't know. First is points overall. Second is goal differential. Third is goals <laughs> scored. Uh, And then you go into two more tiebreakers off of that. One is um yellow cards. And then the second... I, and I believe the fifth and final tiebreaker is red cards. So... I just don't. I just didn't really like it. Uh, someone floated online. I think it might've been Claire Watkins said they should have had a rock, paper, scissors. And I was like, honestly, I would take that too. At least you've got you can do some gamesmanship or something in it. Trying to suss someone out. But so um, I think they just should have had fundamentally should have had more tie
1: tiebreakers um than this. Here's, here's my, my problem with this, right? Like, on one hand, we always ask for chaos. So we root for chaos. Part of Part of Love and woso is just like being an unapologetic agent of chaos and just rooting for it in all the ways possible, the good ways possible. We've had enough bad chaos in across the world in women's sports and it's still happening. So, we're not that that's not the type of chaos we want. But we do want silly chaos. And I like the idea of this, but I'm with you. I think there could have been better tiebreakers to make sure we didn't get to this point. And in a competition like this, I think it would have been pretty easy. I think you do strength of competition and figure out like the losses. Like if everything's tied, then who performed the best against the better competition? And for me, that's Puerto Rico. You know, they won nil. Uh, they only lost one nil versus Br- Brazil. Oh, was it two nil, I believe, to Colombia. Mm-hmm. They put up like some some really good performances. and you know, Costa Rica didn't really have the greatest. I mean, they the three goals that, that Puerto Rico conceded to Brazil and Colombia, they conceded all of those goals to just Canada. And, right. you know, I, I just feel like we if we could have done it that way, it does take the drama and chaos factor out of it. But I do ultimately think it would have been fair because, in my opinion, I thought Puerto Rico deserved it a bit more than Costa Rica.
0: Yeah, no, I feel the exact same way. I like, I don't know why they didn't eventually hit. Like, I know they said goals for, but I don't know why they one of those tiebreakers eventually didn't become like goals against, yeah, or something like that. Because I do think that is like that is a factor, and I think it. To be fair, I think it's kind of hard to determine like s- strength of competition because you're going off FIFA rankings. We know those are like yeah, also whack, fundamentally but they, they flawed, but like I think I just think there could have been more tiebreakers so that way we would not have had to go to a draw because obviously yeah. we love Concacaf chaos like i feel like i live off of it but also at the same time it's like that's a program who i think probably could have deserved a bit to be there um and just going and yeah like fundamentally going off of just a hey got two balls and a <laughs> two balls in a big bowl. I'm going to swirl <laughs> them around and see what happens. Like, I mean,
1: I, I struggle because on one hand, it's perfect. On the other <laughs> yeah, hand, it's not the so, fairest thing so, in the world. It's so
0: cock-a-cappy.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to hold two thoughts. Like, I'm not ultimately, like, outraged by it because it's, it's perfect. But I'm also like, damn, I really wanted Puerto Rico to stay in. This.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, this is also not, like, only five tiebreakers. Like, at the minimum, you should do how many there is for, like, the World Cup. You
1: know, like I'm
0: like or the Olympics or whatever. Like there has to be something else, uh, that's not just like just five tie tiebreakers. Um but yeah, that happened. Costa Rica has now made it through to the quarterfinals. Um and they will be taking on and also sorry, this is also what I don't like about this. Costa Rica made it through and now they're playing the exact same team that they played two days ago.
1: That's the that, other thing. I was yeah. like,
0: yo. So The quarterfinals, for those who don't know, uh we have two quarterfinals, or sorry, two quarterfinals on Saturday, two quarterfinals on Sunday. The first on Saturday is ver is Canada who got the number one seed overall versus Costa Rica, who got eighth at seven p.m. Um, and then following that it's Brazil who got the number two seed versus number seven Argentina. Spicy. Uh, Spicy. So spicy. It's gonna be a good match. Uh and then on Sunday we have the Final two matches. Uh, you have number three Mexico versus number six Paraguay at five pm, and then on Sunday it is uh, number four overall mm-hmm. U.S. Women's National Team versus number five Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a level of chaos that could have happened if Paraguay got a seven nil victory against El Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> that would have put them above Colombia, which means we would have gotten Mexico Colombia, which is something I besides so the fact that I would have wanted to watch um, also is a better path forward for the U.S. Women's National Team. So those are the four quarterfinal uh, quarter games that are happening. Um, Andre, just quickly, big thoughts. How are you feeling about all of these matchups? I feel like we probably need to give our hats to Canada a little bit on having such a strong group stage tournament. They went perfect all the way through. Um, quick maths is 11 goals scored, no goals conceded, 9 points out of 9.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been hype about Canada. That no suffer ball, the end of suffer ball has, has at least been here for this tournament. Hopefully that remains. But they've been doing a lot with some of the new talent that they've brought in. You know, we talked about Olivia Smith and how she's been balling. Talked about Gabby Carl, you know, I follow the spirit. It's been great to see her, you know, at left wing back getting a lot of minutes, which has been dope. And they've been good. But the only thing I'll say though is when you look at the other groups. They definitely had an easier the route. Group e- Easily the easiest. Yeah. So Brazil and Colombia were in the same group. U.S. and Mexico were in the same group. Canada had Paraguay, which, no disrespect, but to me, not quite on the level as Brazil, Colombia, or Mexico, or the U.S. Uh, I mean, depends on the version of the U.S., but we're moving on. Uh, Costa Rica is also in Canada's group and El Salvador. So honestly, three wins out of three that should have been their – like, that. that's an expectation for that team. And even yeah, if they're tinkering it. around with their lineup a little bit, I still think that's the expectation. So, like, I appreciated the performances they put in. They've been really solid and really fun, a fun team to watch instead of suffer balling. But also excited to see them against competition that's maybe a little bit step stronger. And unfortunately, assuming they get past Costa Rica again – we will have to wait until the semifinal to actually see that.
0: Yeah, that is very, very true because we know that Paraguay also like did not make it to the women's World Cup. They got knocked out in, the, in those intercontinental yeah. playoffs, and then Costa Rica did make it and then had a really bad tournament, unfortunately. Um, and also, it the, it's so funny that Costa Rica has made it to the quarterfinals because I also like i I feel like they they've kind of gotten lucky twice almost. Um, First, in that obviously this draw happening, it's the luck of the draw getting into the quarterfinals. Um, but also, even their qualification into the group stage of this tournament. I remember they came into their match today and they were in the same. They were um, in the same group as Haiti, and basically getting in, they needed to overcome Haiti's goal differential. Which, to be fair, they did. They scored thirteen goals in one match. But it also talked about the quality of competition in that. Um, yeah. In that in that group stage they uh beat haiti once lost to haiti once so it wasn't like you know it wasn't like necessarily like mexico where they were just kind of beating everyone in those qualification stages and you know making it through to the end um so again you know you don't score two you score one goal less and said haiti makes to the group stage now you're going through through the qualifiers what i mean if it's the exact same draw that they did have, like last time with Haiti being number one out of those qualifiers versus number six, they're coming up against Puerto Rico. Do they win? Do they not? I don't know. Um, so I feel like there has been a bit of luck on Costa Rica's side, but yeah, for the other group stages ma- or the other quarterfinal matches, Brazil versus Argentina is going to be a good match. I do expect Brazil to get through. I think, especially their last match, um, they were just really starting to cook. And also, I think the match that they played against Colombia was really showed their strength as a program, especially a program without, uh, like without Marta and also without Caroline who, and y'all know I love Marta down, but not having Caroline is like an absolutely huge miss for them. And so I think the way they've been playing has been really good. um, Really, really on the front foot. And so it's going to be interesting to see them against Argentina because those are one of those familiar foe matches um but it's gonna be absolutely yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Even though I do have a stat for you, Brazil has won eleven out of
1: the twelve um last matchups between them, but the stats? Uh, I need a soundboard. I need to i need to Courtney, <laughs> these stats <laughs> no, like soundboard no, and I need a soundboard please, so I can no. hit it every single time no, you drop God. a stat because no, I'm here for it. Don't do this. Even, but I do love stats because
0: no. I love how they provide context. Um so yeah, but I do think that's just gonna be a good match. Um Mexico versus Paraguay can go in a lot of different ways. I so if I'm being honest, I uh, very much expect Mexico to get through, especially seeing that the second goal that Paraguay conceded, I liked. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, they're just on the front foot and they're just going to get the ball right, one at you, one run at you and then have a curler in either near post or far post. I can very much see Mexico doing that a whole bunch. Um, and I feel like, Andre, for the both of us, the most interesting tie of this quarterfinal is the U.S. Women's National Team versus Colombia. Cause I'm not really sure who's gonna get through if I was I'm gonna being say. Honest, define I'm interesting. <laughs> interesting in the way that I think the winner of this match is not as explicitly clear as the other quarterfinal matchups. Yes. Uh where I'm like, if the US gets it together, they could do it. But and it's a big but it's a big <laughs> And there's a huge asterisk around that if they don't colombia will eat and, um, amira yeah. amira ramirez less colombia will eat uh lacy St- santos less colombia a ana maria guzman less colombia will eat if they do anything close to what they did against mexico i like it will be one of those seismic losses for the us because if they don't get it together, it will not be good. Start Casey Kruger. <laughs> yes. Kristen Press, one of our best forwards that this country has ever produced, said that she was Casey Kruger is one of the hardest players to play against. She is so good one v one. Why don't we put the best one v one defender in the league? And to me, in the sit in the system against a player like Linda Caicedo?
1: I mean, we're 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 probably going to have to, but it also is scary because, I mean, Kaisedo, and also, I mean, I, I love Casey, but, you know, Kaisedo's like, oof, she, she's to the point where you expect, she pretty much does something you expect her to do every kind of match and a half. I think the stats are kind of on her where she just kind of does that thing, <laughs> where she ends up cutting somebody up and scoring a goal or at least getting a really good chance off. So, like... I still think that it'll be tough to contain her for 90 minutes. It will, but there's a better chance with oh, Casey yeah. Kruger oh, versus no, no the no other outside backs currently in the system. Yeah. So, my, but this is why I think you know, even bigger picture than than the Casey Kruger start or, or question, which I obviously hope she's in the starting lineup. But for me, the question is like, what's going to be the approach? You know, that was the thing. We thought that this tournament was going to be about, you know, building confidence in that transition. And obviously some of that changed when me official tour ACL and, and Alex Morgan came in. But like you still have a lot of young talent that you could rely on and say, hey, it's y'all's turn to step up. And when it came to facing the most difficult opponent they were going to face in the group, Mexico, they went back to the veteran lineup and went back to doing the and even in halftime got even more veteran. So now that you're in a position where there's a really good chance that you're not going to get another game out of this tournament, and that's your own fault (laughs) because you couldn't approach the game versus Mexico differently, and maybe you have a better opponent, opponent you may be able to get past a little bit easier than a Colombia who, remind you, uh, kept Germany from getting out of the group stages at the World Cup just a few months ago. grouped them. Grouped them, yes. And so like this is not going to be easy. And, and it, you need as many games as possible when you're attempting this kind of transition. And it's just like, we keep doing the stop-start thing on the transition. I know we talked about it last episode, but this is like, these are the real consequences now, right? Like you you mess around with that game. You went back to the veterans. You went back to an old fo- old style of play. Everybody, I think I listened to multiple podcasts. Everybody was like, that was awfully reminiscent of the Vlatko era. You went back to doing that. And now, what's the approach going to be? Either you send out the vets who ain't going to come close to beating Colombia, or you're going to send out the kids and say, like, hey, I know we didn't trust you versus Mexico, but here's (laughs) Colombia. Like, uh, okay, sure. I have a question, Andre. Yeah.
0: Does the U.S. – and look, for my sake, I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want to stay up all night. I don't want to stay up all night. But does the U.S. – Pay, play for penalties
1: absolutely not they better
0: not no no they better not but no. it's look we said that last performance was reminiscent of laco it was it was real reminiscent of laco i i mean obviously i hope that does not continue but Listen, like if, if is Twilight that question Tried also Child... a little bit in my mind a little bit i would yes. hope that having emma hayes as her boss emma hayes being like we'd never do that here right. we mean yeah, well but i like you never at this point Anything is possible with this team.
1: Here's the thing for me, like even if Columbia just happens to be better than you on that day, make sure you learn something. What are you gonna learn if you pack the team in tight and try to get nil-nil and, and advance on penalties? You may be like, oh, they're learning how to win or to grind a game out. No, that's not what that's not the phase of where the players are because they haven't even been integrated into a a team yet. They're not even a team. They're a collection of players at the moment, especially when you look at the transition. That's all on the coaching and leadership at U.S. Soccer. So for me, it's like, don't do that. If that happens, what I want to happen next is Emma Hayes to pick up the phone, call Matt Crocker at U.S. Soccer and say, get Twyla out of here. No, I'm sorry. like We are not doing that right we have too much work to get done we are not gonna run out here and play suffer ball just to get a result this is not what this tournament should be about and the approach to it needs to be so much better than what we saw
0: i think it's when and like this is what i talk about with playing for penalties of like that nil nil against australia which was a crime against all of us for us to wake up that early for a nil a a nil nil like no that nil nil like that nil nil against australia um, like even like even the what the quarterfinal, yeah, the quarterfinal matchup of the Olympics versus Netherlands, where all of a sudden, I mean, it to be fair, it didn't happen against Sweden. We were like the US was unfully fully unable to find the back of the net for some god awful reason against Sweden, but against Sweden, for example, I don't think they were playing for penalties. I think they were actively try, like trying to not play for penalties. And then unfortunately, penalties happen. But with that nil-nil against Australia where it's just like, we're just going to trot out a lineup because we know we're already through and we're just going to like essentially see what happens. Um, and then against Netherlands actually also in the same Olympic tournament where it, it there's just like a a shift in the mind, like a shift in the mindset of the players of like, and not even a we're going to like play safer and do the smart thing, but like a, we're almost like conceding to ourselves. Like, we're going to, like, regress back in what we're doing and we're conceding to ourselves. Because I don't think, like, I don't think the play smart passes, pass the ball around, like, to close out a game is necessarily a bad, like, a, a bad way to play. Or even, hey, hey, we're going to sit deep and try to hit you on the counter because that's our tactical game, game plan that we came up with that we want to implement is also, I also don't think that's necessarily, like, a bad way to go if that's the smartest game plan for you to do. For me, the problem is, it's like, when you just kind of concede and you're like, yeah, we're just... We're just playing for penalties. And, and you can see it in real time, right? Like, it's not like it's... Um...
1: Oh, yeah, it was very obvious in that Australia
0: game. <clears throat> yeah, like in the Australia game, even in the, like... I mean, in that in that Netherlands game, too. Because there was a moment where, like, the US was yeah. on the front foot and, like, could have scored. And instead, it was like, we're just going to try to do the... Not even the quote-unquote smart thing. It was just like, we're not going to try to, like, go forward to try to, you know, win this in real time. Um, which I'm always a proponent of trying to win things in real time. And if it, like... And also if it burns you, it burns you, but like, that's a risk you take. And so I like, it's the reason why I raised the question is because that, that match felt very Vlaco esque and, and I'm not even talking about in the unable to connect passes and like patterns of play type of thing. It was like in the, it wasn't like the complaining to the ref, like things that we had never, like we never see the U.S. historically doing. That's where I was like. Oh, well, I'm getting war flashbacks. I'm getting, I'm getting war flashbacks. Um, but I do think also if the U.S. trots out even a semblance of the same, um, game plan of having Emily Fox go into the midfield, and this is no, like, this is nothing on Emily Fox, but I was rewatching that game, and it was like she also clogged up the midfield. It did not, like, it did not help. It'd be one thing I think if she came in the midfield and was able to progress the ball forward and do all the things that like then helped the U.S., but also that like did not happen. Instead, it took an already Kind of clunky U.S. midfield. and made it significantly clunkier because also, like I don't know. I think about like a moment where they're on the break and it's like Emily Fox is, is in too much. Do I get back to my right back position or my left back, whatever position she was doing, my outside back position, or do I try to stay in the midfield to cut off this kind of like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's it wasn't good, um, amongst a lot of things that match that was not good. And so yeah, that's why I brought up the question because I was like, I sure hope not because I was like, if that is. MAH is gonna need to come at literally as quickly as possible and like like fully turn over everything in the program. Like not even just like tactically. (laughs) Like like how we approach every single game. So yes. Andre, anything else about the W Gold Cup?
1: Nah, I'm excited to just see how these games play out. So it's gonna be a fun weekend. So everybody tune in.
0: Everyone tune in on Paramount Plusor, Golazo Network, keep me employed. Andre, we saw the first ever women's UEFA Nations League final. Spain gets a 2-0 win over France. It gives me pain. I thought if Spain or if uh France won, it'd be really good for the Renardissance. Um, but unfortunately that d- did not happen. But Spain made it to the Olympics. Well, before this, we actually knew it was Spain already made it to the Olympics. But in the third place match, Germany beats Netherlands another two-nil. And there is no Netherlands and no Sweden for the U.S. to potentially come up against in <laughs> these Olympic Games. What a world we're living in! Like, there's no Sweden and there's no Netherlands. I mean, this it 100 means the U.S. at some point is going to take on Japan. It's naturally going to happen because those are like the th- like the three teams that the U.S. <laughs> it's like his his uh, historical opponents. We'll somehow come up against Japan again. But um, Andre, I know you watched at least a bit of the Nations League. So talk about it.
1: Yeah. So go back to the Olympics. Yeah. You, you may not have Netherlands and you may not have Sweden, but yo, listen, France, Spain, Germany, US, Canada, Brazil, Colombia, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, and then one of Nigeria and South Africa or Zambia and Morocco. That may have already been decided already. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the results yet. But, yeah, um, still going to be loaded. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be a wild Olympics. Uh, But, anyway, Spain has been quite good um, and continued their run from the World Cup. It's been good to see Jenny Hermoso as well uh, there uh, playing with the team, performing well as well, being able to, like, just receive the, like, Admiration she's deserved, especially going through all this. I know she gave some quotes um, that kind of said like, "This like football's kind of her community, like it's it's her, it's her family, and it's tough when that is like becomes a source of your frustration for outside of like actual footballing reasons, you know, for stuff that has just been inflicted upon you um, either by the federation, by that one dude who I will not say his name." So like, yeah, it's been it's been good. Like Spain's been a great story tactically, though. I'm a, I don't even know if you caught this, but, like, Silves and I had, like, the same revelation at the exact same time in two separate group chats <laughs> when we were watching Spain. We were like, oh, watching Aitana Bonmati and all that she does and how she's in the box at the right times to be able to meet the ball when she needs to, to score goals as well as in the midfield – and we were both like, yo, I think that's who Lindsay Horan thinks she's trying to be when she plays with the US. Like, like, like that's what she, like, it makes a lot of sense when you think of it through that lens because it, it obviously functionally is not the same thing because she's functionally acting like a target forward in the box instead of like arriving in the space and the, having herself. And the ball arrive to a particular space at a particular time, which is what Beaumont is so good at, reading the game well and making sure she's where she needs to be. It's not really Horan's game, but when you see the focal point that a midfielder can be in terms of a goal-scoring threat and also importance to the midfield and how they build up, you can kind of see, like, oh, that's what you want to do. Bless your heart, right? Like, you're not. but <laughs> I, you I, I see it. <laughs> I, I, I see it now. Like, that's it makes sense. And I'm sorry to make that about the U.S. because it's really about Spain uh, getting by France. But honestly, it was just funny in the growth of group chats. where We were both like, "You know what?" And it was just funny. I had to bring it to the podcast.
0: Um, I'm gonna be real with you. I did not really watch that game because I was doing something deeply important at work uh, and did not have time. However, I, I am going to rewatch it because I am. Um, I do want to see how. How a little bit? I mean, I know how Spain's looking, but I'm curious how France is looking. But yeah, honestly, but also shout out to Spain for being the the winners of the inaugural Women's Nations League tournament. Under ready to move on to NWSL kits.
1: Let's do it. All right,
0: the NWSL dropped a trillion kits, aka. They actually, everyone had the release date on February 27th, uh, which was not surprising to me because I saw one team tweet about it and I was like, oh, so everyone's dropping their kids on this day. Cool, 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 cool. good to know. Um, but there were many kits that happened and Andre, I know you sent out a ranking. So take us to your ranking of the best and the worst that you've seen. Oh, I
1: was unprepared. Uh <laughs>
0: um but do you want to start off with how you feel about the spirits kit
1: i mean we can yeah so so what i did with the ranking is because so i had heard rumors that this was going to happen and i'm a little frustrated that it happened so everybody's away kit is the same template um it's kind of a two shades of Ooh. colors yeah with a with a like diagonal like transition in between them it's not quite a sharp it's not a sharp it's not a faded kind of gradient it's not one of those that kind of takes a little while. It's like a sharp gradient, which is better. And I do think that a lot of teams did a good job with their color selection um, because some of them actually look pretty cool and they kind of look distinct. But when you put them all next to one another, you're like, oh, yep, that's a template. And uh, no, just no. no nope. Templates, no. Not a thing you should do to an entire league, make everybody wear the exact same style shirt uh that's not cool, Nike. We know you got more money than that. I know you are trying to be an outfitter for every single <laughs> professional team there is out there in league there is out there. That's not our fault. that ain't nobody's fault. If you can't handle it, let it go um so that stuff is annoying, but we did get a lot of primary kits, which are gonna kind of gonna be home kits for most I believe most um teams and we got some good ones. You know, when EAFC 24, when those leaks hit, you remember that? I was like, oh, these look unfortunate. I think there was only one that was like, okay, maybe. And it was Orlando's, but you couldn't really tell what it was. So, yeah, I did a little ranking. Um, the Spirit home I have shirt. many qualms about this ranking, by the way. Oh, do you? Okay, well, oh, we yes, can go through it. But, you can uh,
0: <laughs> but I'm letting the people know.
1: <laughs> the Spirit Home shirt, though, I, I will say I was a little disappointed. Um, I don't like when stripes go in like a million different directions, and there's like blocks of stripes. Is some go vertical, some are diagonal, some go the opposite direction, and some like that—that's annoying to me. I didn't like when the U.S. kits were like that. I know so, that's a kind of an unpopular opinion because I think a lot of people did, but these are all just for the Spirit. It's just black and gray, and the transition to the gray is actually like more interesting when you kind of get a closer shot of it, but I still don't really love it. And if they're going to like incorporate a brand new color and something as vivid as yellow, I would have liked to see that carry over and be in some part of the home kit, whether it's around the collar, around the sleeves, even some stitching or something in that bright yellow that they got on the ways, I would have preferred to see that. So I was a little disappointed with it. Um, I ranked it, I think 11th or something. So it's it's pretty far down there.
0: Yeah, um, it was very clear there were some winners and losers off of this, um, off of these kits. Uh, I think it's also a problem when I like some of the teams, like, their away, quote-unquote, away kit that's literally just a sash and gradient of color more than their regular, like, than their primary kit. Um, I will say, obviously, I think that the San Diego Wave killed it, that their primary kit with all that color looks... Yeah, it's dope absolutely gorgeous um andre i know you had it as number one on your ranking but i disagree that seattle's is the best but only only because only i have i have two reasons one we can't get our hands on them they're so only selling replica kits and replica yes, kits correct. have significantly less detail and correct. that is a kit where it's like the beauty is in the details and for that reason i'm like you can't i don't think you can be number one when the majority of people like can't also partake in that Beauty in the details. The players I get, feel through, but you. I was like, you can't. and I did think I about that, like that.
1: I can't do. But it. that's also not their fault. Like that's Nike being stupid, and that's the same case for all the kids, which is unfortunate.
0: That is true. But honestly, yeah, I thought, like, really not a huge fan of a lot of the kids. I think Gotham's is just okay. I like the sash. I think the color coming off the sash sometimes. Some sometimes I look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Sometimes I look at it, and I'm like, meh um gotham and kansas city have virtually identical away kits which is hilarious <laughs> i'm not a really a big fan of angel city's kits i like the i think the away kit the color is perfection the the color of the away kit is absolute perfection i was like i want this sh- i like i want to wear both the shirt and the shorts because the the gradient into them is so nice i think their home kit is i like get the vision I fully get the vision. I just don't really like the execution of it because it still kind of feels meh.
1: It needs more soul Rosa, like they made a big deal about that color. It's such a unique color. And then they just like keep dropping kits. that kind of refuse to really use it in an interesting way. And I'm annoyed.
0: like, outside of that, they're awakened essentially. And that's the reason yeah. why I like it. Cause I think that yeah. color of pink is just absolutely like gorgeous. <laughs> um, North Carolina's. So do you remember that? Like, it's certainly like a media account, but called F Jerry. And their name is from that, like, really old school, but it's not, it's like 80s, but also it definitely happened, like, went through the 90s because I definitely went to birthday parties growing up with it. Um, Or it's a white background with, like, the teal crayon on, almost on it with some purple in it. That's what the North Carolina Courage is giving me. I don't know why. I just saw that and, like, my brain immediately went there, like, 80s geometric design. <laughs> and I was like, that's my brain. And yeah, for the other kids, I mean I think Chicago's is pretty cool. Portland is like, did someone see the China's World Cup kit? And <laughs> yeah. maybe did some a little something off of it. Copied and pasted and changed the font? The so
1: that's only thing how I felt like. The only the only defense for Portland that I have is that they went away from the Ed Hardy bullshit that they tried to pull on us?
0: That doesn't and matter. That thankful.
1: No, no, no. That it does doesn't matter. matter. It does matter.
0: <laughs> we saw the direction anyway. in which they were headed.
1: We saw where they were headed, and they have decided that that is not the direction they want to go. That was going to happen anymore.
0: anyway? It was, I don't it, was. Yes, I, I, it was a new ownership group.
1: Yes, it was a new ownership group. They were naturally going to get away from it. I don't know if it was. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know. They I'm just don't... saying. I want to continue to encourage them to move in directions. (laughs) That are far away from that.
0: Uh, I they they don't get props for me for that. Um, I actually really (laughs) like Houston's two kits. I think they both look really nice. Um, the especially their like orangey home kit. The design is super subtle, but I just I don't know. I saw it and I was like, oh, actually, really, I really dig this. I really do dig this. I except my question. Oh, and also, BFC friends, what happened?
1: Yeah. I'm so mad. I
0: was really expecting some hot fire from y'all. Y'all had the varsity jackets. You're getting all these big stars. And then for your inaugural kits to be extremely basic. Boring. Like, so Not even basic, just
1: boring. Ugly.
0: I'm like, I would have rather had. You could have tried to do what Rain did, where it's like your kit yes. is simple and clean. I will take that any day over, unfortunately, what has happened. Um, And yeah. I just, besties, I just want to know why, like what happened?
1: Do you know how bad you got to fumble a kid to get me to not automatically throw money at you to give me that Oshwala kid? Like Like, when she's finally in the NWSL, I've been begging for this for years. I've been wanting her to come over. It's like, she is the perfect striker for this league. I I want her in the NWSL before she's done playing. She's finally here. She's going to play in the NWSL. And this is what you give me. The kids are weak. at oh, this point so I rather man. for some of these teams I want their warm-up tops yeah, more true. than
0: the actual kit. Now I will say the warm-up tops are they're templated across the board and they're the team's colors yeah. in like little um almost like little paint swatches. Like like paint. I don't know how I'm trying to describe it, but it's almost like paint brush <laughs> brush strokes. Paint brush strokes. They look real nice. Gotham since they're in the women's cup down in Cal uh Cali, Colombia. Um, had them and photographing in pictures, they look real nice. So I, I dig it. So yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm just like overall a little disappointed with them. Um, even though I will say I do think San, like that first gift from San Diego, I'm getting that with Jaden Shaw on the back immediately. Mine's it's so all nice. I like need it. And I was like, Courtney, we've been so good at not spending money, and now I'm like, where is all my money about to go to? It's about to be. To some of these NWSL kits, um, because they're so nice. Even though I am, like, I basically have the, I don't have the rain kit, but I have a, an equivalent or a, a sibling of it in, um, France's kit from the Women's World Cup. And, and it's based, I've like seen the actual pattern in person. Um, actually, I actually don't know if the France kit I have is a replica or an authentic one. Hmm. But anyway, I am still very excited to get that. Even though actually what I want from that, I want that gold warm up. Them gold that gold training gear, yeah. Gave it right to me. I want it right now. It is also, it's also so nice. Um,
1: so bef- so Andre, before I we move to heated and hyped, because I one, one of my heated is going to be about one of these. And
0: well, maybe yeah. let's just transition.
1: Well, not yet. And and I, don't, I don't want to transition just yet because I got to make sure. Even though you know, I've, I've still have several question marks about this club. That's saying what this is about. Um, yo, Ross in Louisville, first of all, oh
0: yes, actually the, that kid is nice.
1: That I'm kid it is it's like- nice. That soft lavender with the mint accent too. Cause that pattern is perfect for it. The only thing I'll say is they almost like they, this would have shot up to number one on my ranking because whoever styled the model in the shoot, they put that bright green, like bold green collar underneath that shirt. I was like, yo, I'm buying this immediately because I thought the collar was part of the shirt. <laughs> and I was so hyped. I was like, yo, we're getting a collar on it. I should have known better. Yo, but I hey, saw it and my brain was automatically like, yo, this is dope as hell. Like, I'm I'm so mad that that's not actually the case, but it's still a really good shirt. But I can't, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that would look so much better with a green collar.
0: You know who did that to me also as well? Was it Rain Rain 2. Yeah, yep. I thought both of those yep. kits, I thought Rain had a gold collar on yeah, theirs, that which is also nice why I don't like it as much. Um, <laughs> and then also, and then uh, and then racing having that, also like not mint green. I think it still actually would have looked nice with a mint green, but is there just something about that green? I don't know what exact green it was, but it reminds yeah. me of like, it is a green equivalent of royal blue. A royal green. It's um, like emerald em- 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 green.
1: It's like, it's, it's like shiny almost. It's lovely. I yeah. Love
0: it. But it's also, like, there's just something about, like, that specific shade of green. And I thought it was with the collar. And I was also about to, like, just that, that meme of someone slapping their credit card down on the table. And it's just, like, being like, take, take it right now. Because <laughs> yes. if I saw that with the green collar, it was like, I'm taking this immediately. Um, I also do really like, just <laughs> the last thing about these kids. Um, I do really like the way a lot of them were styled in that shoot. Um, it was giving... Enough millennial college campus and i don't mean that in a bad way i don't mean that in a bad way because i'm the targeted ad for that multiracial millennial college campus i can't lie; that also is a lot of women's sports (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna get it from every person of every shape size and color which i think is also important like it's super important to market it to everyone and like not only of how the kit looks on you but seeing people who look like you in those kits and Mixing fashion styles on them. And so I actually did really think the styling. I don't mean. Calling it Millennial College Campus is not a drag. Okay. But it's also accurate. And yeah I thought the styling of every kid. In the photo shoots were really really nice. Um I thought they were cool. But yeah unfortunately for about half of these teams. I think they're. Unfortunately they're striped. Ki- they're, uh, <laughs> they're diagonal. They're diagonal gradient kids. At times
1: is better than their home kids.
0: At least they're not. Hey, but also at least they're not all white. We've grown.
1: Yeah, yeah. 10%. Getting away from the all white or, or white shirts was very important.
0: Ten percent. <laughs> the league has grown ten percent, where every team's kit is or away kit is not just white. Baby steps. <laughs> this week, baby steps. But Andre, let's go to heated and hyped. All right, time for heated and hyped. Our final segment. Um, Andre, I know what you. Actually, I, I think I know what you're heated about. Um, so tell the people, what's got you heated on this evening?
1: <laughs> well, I will, since we were talking about kits, um, there's one in particular that stands out that pisses me off, and I'm pissed off from a couple different um, angles on this, and it's the Utah Royals front shirt sponsor. If you don't know, it's a bank called America First. The logo is an eagle that is not dissimilar to a lot of other fascist-ass eagles that have been used in political parties and political propaganda um, in the past. That phrase has a history in this country that dates back to the early, early 1900s, 1910s, pre-World War I. It gained popularity in between the World Wars, especially leading up to World War II, We're professed of a policy of isolationism, basically don't interfere with Nazi Germany, primarily because this very racist ideology did not necessarily disagree with Nazi Germany. So there's that. There's also the fact that getting back to this bank in particular, that wasn't always their name. They had two or three different names until they went to America first, which they curiously did in 1984- Which is interesting, because that was an election year, and that's also the time when a populist party, which was also known as the America First Party, became popular. And actually helped to elect David Duke, who was a, I believe, a grand wizard, perhaps, in the KKK. So, by the 80s, certainly, everybody knew what America First meant. It ain't like people forgot about the World Wars and what that... Uh, ideology stood for and very curiously it gains popularity and this bank decides to change their name to this during a year in which the, the political party gained its popularity and elected somebody who's an absolutely heinously cruel bigoted person who was head of one of the most destructive white supremacist organizations i guess in this country terrorist organization so like yeah that's what we're talking about here I don't care that it's a bank. That phrase has a lot of history, a lot of well known history. Even if you don't know it, you can motherfucking Google and figure it out. It's not hidden. And I don't care whether the bank explicitly agrees with that or, you know, does the goose step march, to, you know, when they go into work. I don't really care. That's not the point. The point is that phrase. Should not be on the front of anybody's shirt. It shouldn't really be on the top of the stadium. The men's team, Real Salt Lake, they do not have that on the front of their shirts. They have a different sponsor that was announced. This, the women's team, Utah Royals, are the only ones with the sponsor. And of course, they also, the stadium, as I mentioned, is America First Stadium. Again, I don't care that it's a bank. (laughs) It's a really bad look. It's heinous ideology. I mean, direct heinous idea. It's not even a stretch to say, oh, well, you're just reading into that. No, those two words are unmistakable and they are right there. And then, of course, the Eagle logo doesn't help it any either. (laughs) So like, that's the first angle in which I'm frustrated about this. The second angle is that I'm very frustrated that I don't hear more about this from other people, other journalists, other people who cover the League and purport to stand up when other things are wrong within the sport. I think this is kind of a no-brainer. It's not just crying about nothing or whining about nothing. This is serious. I do not appreciate the fact that there are a number of Black players who are going to have to run around and play uh, football with America First on their shirts, whether they feel some type of way about it or not. It is not an Optically, it's a horrible look for the league, and it's frustrating. It's extremely frustrating, and I thought there would be more, more people speaking out about it than me, and I know there are some that are talking about it, but it should be a broader conversation. It should not be, It should not have gotten to the point where this was an option, where there was enough smoke to be able to say, okay, we're going to have to make a different decision. That should have happened. It did not, and now we have this shirt, and it looks like, This is just what's going to happen now in the NWSL. We're going to have players running around in a fucking election year with America First on their shirts. It's gross. It's gross. It's disgusting. And I absolutely hate it. So I'm like, I hope that other journalists, other people speak up about this. If you didn't know, okay, cool. But now, you know. So what do you do with the information now that you know? Hopefully you get loud about it as well. So I just think as many people as can be loud about it as possible, whether you're in Utah or not, it doesn't really matter. This is not something that should ever be allowed. And I'm very frustrated at the NWSL that they allowed it. I'm frustrated at the Utah Royals that they've ignored people who have said, hey, this don't feel right. They'd be like, well, it's just the bank. And that's been enough. Um, and I'm mad about, you know, colleagues who haven't said shit about it when I feel like they really should. This is just this not good. It's not a good look at all. It's it's pretty disgusting.
0: Yeah, it does not leave, like, a good feeling in your stomach when you see that type of kind of, like, iconography. Um, you see that type of, like, iconography associated with a team. Um, yeah, just, like... It's really not ideal. And almost at times when America first has 100% been a dog whistle. It's like something that you don't want to see reverberated throughout the NWSL. Um, What I'm heated about, I mean, I'm angry about a lot of things. I'm angry at people like, not to bring up a conversation about like objectivity, but people thinking that you can't separate your biases from your work, um, which makes me just deeply angry and something, unfortunately, that I deal with every day. By being a black woman in sports. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, what I... <laughs> I'm not, like, super angry about this. I'm just, like, mad at, like, people. And specifically, like, at Times Sports Journal... Like, other sports or business journalists just being, like, dumb. Like, just straight up being, like, stupid. So, if you don't know, Caitlin Clark and Hathaway um, announced that she was like, entering into the, uh, into the WNBA draft. Yeah there's a very good chance that she goes number one. I'm not, I don't care about like the, the actual her going to the draft is cool. Um, but besides that, it's like, there's not much past it. Um, what I'm angry about is people tweeting. And I saw this from a prominent sports business journalist saying, Caitlin Clark takes massive pay cut to join WNBA. That's idiotic for like 15 reasons. And I can actually give you 15. Number one. What do you think these athletes, these college athletes are going to do when they have to graduate? When they are missing, like, when they don't have NCAA eligibility anymore? Like, what? They all eventually either have to, like, stop playing or go potentially to a professional (laughs) league. So that headline is, like, stupid for, like, a dozen reasons. Because eventually, Caitlin Clark and all of these collegiate athletes that we are fans of, like, they can't play college sports forever. (laughs) Like, it's actually impossible. Um, number two. I don't know why these people think that the money that she's making off of her NIL deals are just going to disappear when she becomes a professional athlete. Like, it's not like NIL is a salary. It's not NIL being paid from the University of Iowa to Caitlin Clark to, like, play basketball. These NIL deals are the same things that your Instagram influencers are doing. They are literally just like paid sponsorship brand deals. Those don't disappear when you go from college (laughs) to the professional level. If you think, oh, well, you know, maybe she's like really marketing to college athletes or college aged people. And when she's a professional, that's not gonna be the same anymore. What do you think? Do you think the people that she's also marketing to are not also going to graduate college at some point within the next three to five years? or like or sorry one to five years like the money is just going to continue going with her like this like this conversation around it is specifically with caitlin clark because we also know just generally about issues with nil money and who's really going to and um like what type of athletes are going to as well it's like a whole conversation for another time and a mess but i'm like why would these deals just shrivel up as soon as she graduates college or leaves the college game you don't think all of the fans that loved her in college are not going to follow her into the WNBA? Like are you dumb? Literally it is such it is such a stupid argument. I was like I understand that they're like technically those deals are for right now with her as a co- like as a college student, but th- like you don't think also more deals are going to come about once she's fully professionalized? You don't think Nike or New Balance or Adidas or any of these sneaker companies are not going to want to try to sign her to one of the biggest deals ever, especially when she graduates. Like, please make it, literally make it make sense. The the takes a pay cut to join WNBA is so stupid. NIL is not a salary for these players. They're not, it's not getting paid to them by their universities. Like, Please be serious. They're probably going to get more brand deals or those same deals are just going to follow them throughout their professional career. Oh, it's so stupid. It makes me so mad. I'm like, y'all are supposed to be business journalists. You're supposed to understand yeah. macroeconomics and all these complicated terms, but you can't put two and two together? Please make it make sense. So that's what I'm heated about because it's so stupid every single time.
1: Yeah, that's been Actually, annoying i sorry, too. I'm still
0: mad. I have another thing I'm mad about. Oh, If okay. I see... If I see all of these brands dropping Women's History Month posts when it comes about and y'all didn't do smack for Black History Month, I'm going to be big mad. And I know it's going to happen and I know I'm going to be mad tomorrow (laughs) when it's officially March 1st. But if you start dropping all this Women's History stuff and you have A, nothing specifically about Black women, or B, that content is not intersectional. I'm going to be big mad. And also if you turn up for women's history month in a way that you did not turn up for black history month, I'm also going to be big mad. Unless that turn up for it is something that happens to be centered around black or Brown women, but specifically black women, I'm going to be big mad because I know it's coming and I'm angry about it now. And I'm just going to be more angry about it tomorrow. But what about all the listening and learning that you were supposed to do back in 2020, when you told us you're going to listen and learn and do better. And then what? Four years later, you haven't done Jack Squat for Black History Month, or you did the bare minimum. You did less than you did last year. All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to be big mad tomorrow. I know it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is going to be really unfortunate to experience. But as you said, it is coming. um Hype. You want to transition to your hype? No, I'm still mad. <laughs> I know, but this is the time when we, we transition to being hype. So I want you like like, you know, downshift, I'm, you know, different direction. Like we, no, can, I'm we sitting, can do it. I'm, can do sitting it. <laughs> I'm sitting in this anger.
0: I'm sitting in this anger till the next time we record No, you do your hype first.
1: Uh um my hype is and, and this, this honestly, I shouldn't even say this out loud because this is gonna age extremely poorly or has a very high high probability of aging extremely poorly, but uh I have become uh an F1 sicko. Um I that that Drive to the vibe show absolutely hooked me. Like I was kind of into it pre-the show, but I didn't like follow it intensely. I was just like, oh, cool. Mainly because Lewis Hamilton was kicking ass and I was like, hey you black dude, that's what's up. Um and so like that was cool, but now I'm like deep into it. And the first Grand Prix is uh this weekend. And Mercedes looked real good. Lewis Hamilton was the top after the last practice session. And I was like, hey, hey, I'm I'm not trying to read into this too much, but hey. And uh, so I'm first of all, like I'm hyped that everyone is back because it is it's like it's probably my my guiltiest pleasure because I know a lot of these people are rich and awful people, um, especially like some of the team principals. In fact, one of them is got a scandal going on right
0: now you just gotta go car car go vroom vroom
1: exactly and it is like oh the, the the fun drivers go vroom vroom and they're fun personalities or goofy personalities or whatever and the car the racing is cool the cars are fun and everything like that so like that's really where i get hooked on it but like i'm, I'm just kind of hyped that it's back um i'm hoping that it's a more competitive season than than what has been uh team fuck red bull is kind of where i'm at so anybody but but i obviously would love to see lewis hamilton uh put in work before he goes to ferrari in 2025 so like i'm 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 hype i'm all in and i'm excited at this back that's my hype what you got
0: yeah i'm excited i can't lie about the vacation i have coming up <laughs> um for those who don't know i have been heavily involved in all of our coverage of the w gold cup um and i can dig into that more when i am not when the tournament is over Uh, but it's just been like a marathon essentially I wake up every day thinking about the W Gold Cup I go to sleep every day thinking about the W Gold Cup Um, and so while I'm excited that the tournament is here and it's been really fun I'm also really excited for the (laughs) vacation that awaits me um, on the other side of it because it is some very well deserved time off and so that's what I'm excited about even though I don't know where I'm going yet I know I'm going somewhere going to the beach Going to the beach, I'm going to be so tan and have happier thoughts because I will actually be in and around the sun, which has not been happening (laughs) because it's winter here on the East Coast. And so um, I am excited about that. And for once, well, not for once, but my quad has actually started functioning again. Not fully, but it's a baby step in the right direction. um, And I can go up and down stairs like a normal person, which is something I've been missing since literally... December 19th so (laughs) baby steps uh that's it for this episode of Diaspora United Andre do you have anything else to say to the people
1: uh nah two episodes a week been fun
0: it has been fun maybe we should do this more often if you think we should do this more often leave it in a review or or tell us (laughs) tell us somehow we have DMs open you can tweet at us DM us on Twitter or Instagram all the things um and Andre that's that's it for us. We'll see you after the quarterfinals of the W Gold Cup. Things are bound to happen.
1: The chaos is gonna chaos. I'm ready for it. That's it. Oh, I gotta do the bye now.
0: I'm hosting. You have to say bye.
1: Wow. Um. Hmm. It's tough because I don't really have one of my own. I just have to replicate <laughs> yours. So, like, then, I, then c- come up with a bye on your own. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It's Especially say bye like in right a different way. I was prepared. Just saying bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U T D P O D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.